Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fans on the Stands. I'm Mickey and with my co-host, Ivan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? This is episode number seven? Eight. Ah! <laughs> I told specifically Ivan not to tell me what episode it was before we started. I was going to guess. God, it's funny because Ivan sends me an email to do, set up these uh, our podcast over a Zoom, and it says what episode, what episode it is. That's how good my memory is. Um, but before we even continue, I want to send a special shout out to uh, two guys that have been commenting on our podcast, uh, Matt Hoffman and our Stratomatic League. So thanks for listening, Matt. And Greg Hood hey. on, our, uh, on our baseball team. Yeah. Uh, listens to his podcast on his way uh, down to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. So thanks, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. Well, uh, there goes the good news. Yeah. Our two fans. <laughs> Our two fans. Uh, it's been a rough week. Yeah. Um, I can just, we'll just get this out of the way now. We'll say uh, unequivocally, unequivocally that our predictions were wrong. Way off. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw this coming. No, no, it's, um, it's been, it, uh, okay. So here's the thing, like in all fairness, we're still in good shape, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a little bit of cause for concern for uh, their performance this week. So let, let's do this, the, the, the weekly recap, and then we'll, yep. we'll get into what we think is happening. Um, on the 2nd of May, that was the Monday, Jays lose to the Yankees 3-2. We're actually tied at 2, gave it up in the top of the ninth. Um, what I liked to see was, what I liked seeing was that it wasn't Romano pitching. Yep. It was Garcia, who unfortunately got the loss. Uh, went inning, two hits, one run, one earned. Stripling pitched okay. Yep. Warnings pitched, six hits, which is a lot. Two runs, two earned, no walks, three strikeouts. So, um Really, you can't blame the pitching for that one. It was the offense that didn't show up. Yeah. Speaking of no offense, May 3rd, uh, Jays 1, Yankees 9. Yeah. This game was not even fun to watch. No, it was. It was It was just horrible. It was frustrating. And what was really frustrating was that it was it was one nothing Toronto after five innings. Yep. That seventh oh. inning, just like. You know, a pitch to Jim. He's six six innings, three hits, one run, one earned, seven strikeouts. So, so let's talk about that that umpiring in that game. Sure, sure. So uh, there was a play at first. Um, Stanton hits a really hard line. It was actually the hardest hit ball in in baseball in MLB this season. Yep. Um, to short. So Bo mishandles it, but you know, in all fairness, it was hit 119 miles an hour. <laughs> and, uh, he threw the ball to first. Vladdy had to stretch for it. Um, and the call on the field was that his foot came off the bag. Right. And from the replays that we see with Sportsnet uh, were different than the replays that they showed on Yes, because I went and listened to what the Yes commentators were saying, and they said that they couldn't see uh, that the call would be overturned because they really couldn't see that his foot was on. But Sportsnet had a shot where you could actually see his foot was still on the bag. Right. So the the call on the field stood, which meant that the Jays lost their replay, their re video review. Review, yeah. And then in the next inning, um, play at home, uh, Vlad, and there's like a little pickle between uh, a rundown between home and third. Yep. Vladdy tags the runner. Clearly. Clearly. You see yep. the jersey ripple. Umpire calls safe. Now the Jays can't review anymore. Right. But what's really frustrating is that umpires have the ability to do a crew chief review. Right. Where if they want to make sure that they want to get the call right, then they can go and actually do that, that review. But what's frustrating the most is that the umpire in his mind saw that he got the call right. Yeah. So he didn't want to do an umpire review because I got the call right. Well, you got the call wrong. <laughs> well, well, and that's that's the major problem, right? You should be obviously there's if the player in the field is adamant yeah. that he got tagged, and even though you think you got it right, what does it hurt? Exactly, and it's a scoring play, right? right. So and this changes the outcome of the game. It was a huge turning point in the game. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree. This uh, 
personally, I think if it's any close play, it should be reviewed. Yeah. Period. Uh, forget these challenges. I mean, it's just how many really, really, really close plays are there in baseball? Right. They're going to be challenged anyways. Like, I don't, that was a really, uh, I, I remember <laughs> Vladdy was mad. He was mad. Rightfully so. Now, granted, they did score a crap load of runs after that, but I mean, the wheels kind of fell off at that point, and then the, the Jays were deflated, and you can see that they were just not into it anymore, and it was really frustrating. But yeah, that was that was a bad game. That was awful, awful to watch. Simber gave up a lot of runs, whatever. It was yeah. it was a wash. So we needed to come back on the fourth, on May fourth, Star Wars Day, and uh, try to take one. We're sending Kikuchi to the hill. I'm going to tell you right now, I wasn't very um, optimistic about our chances. But <laughs> three Prove hits over six inning. Wow. Kick me in the butt, Kikuchi. Six in his pitch, three hits, one run, one earned, one walk, seven strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, pitched a hell of a game. Uh, Chapman hit a home run his fifth. Uh, another rocket. Romano got his 12th save. Wow. Like, ridiculous. They've, at this point, they, they won 17 games. So we're, at least we took one from the Yankees. At least we took one. Yeah. Right. So we, we lost our first series of the year. Let's see what happens in Cleveland. I wish I could go back in time and not see what happens in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, May 5th, Jays lose six to five in a rainy affair. Uh, Berrios didn't pitch well again. Four yeah, and two he, didn't have, he didn't have his best stuff that game. Eh? Uh, four and two thirds, eight hits, six runs, six earned, one walk, no strikeouts, one home run. Sending his ERA to be 534. Yeah. Uh, Guerrero at least hit his seventh uh, in the first inning off Savali. Uh, and Kirk, the captain, in a home run. Captain Kirk. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Um, gave up a lot in the fifth, unable to come back. That hurts, especially to losing to Cleveland. Now, here's the most frustrating thing about this series. Okay. Going into the series, Fran Mil Reyes who is a outfielder for Cleveland was hitting a buck 80, like really, really badly. <laughs> Apparently he got a phone call from Vladimir Guerrero senior and Tito Ortiz, or uh, not Tito Ortiz, uh, <laughs> David Ortiz, Tito hey, Ortiz, uh, MMA, MMA guy, uh, David Ortiz. Yeah. Big, big poppy. Just to give him a few pointers and to just kind of get him to, to kind of calm down. And then he proceeds to go three for four in the first game. And I think by the end of the series, he had gone like nine for 14 or something like that. Just yep. something ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Why he, couldn't uh, they wait until after the series to give him a call? <laughs> especially Vlad. Right. Like your son's playing on the team. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Game two, May 7th, uh, doubleheader in Cleveland. First game, Jays win 8-3. to three. Finally. Finally. We could not sit on the edge of our seats and uh, hope they win. Uh, good game all around. Gossman gave up his first walk yeah. of the year. One, he only gave up one walk, five strikeouts, six and a third, uh, six hits, one run, one earned. Uh, Merriweather was out. Thornton pit. Thornton's kind of back to being Thornton again. Yeah. But in any event, that was game one. And then in uh, game two, Jays lose two to eight, kind of reversal of fortunes. Yeah. Uh, again, not a great, uh, not a great pitching performance by uh, Stripling. Four innings pitch, five hits, four runs, four earned, one walk, three strikeouts. And then to be honest, to be fair, Phelps didn't pitch well. Brucky didn't pitch well. Lawrence kind of pitched. She's been pitching okay. But anyways. Yeah. That was it for that series. So Jays lose the three out of four. Oh, there's the other one. Uh, yeah, three to four, eh? Yeah, three out of four. Two-game yeah. doubleheader that one on Thursday. Oh, sorry, on Sunday. Yeah. At the Sunday game. And the Sunday game, Jays lose four to three. Give up two in the bottom of the eighth to basically lose a game. <laughs> uh, Manoa pitched well again. Like, really, five, five innings pitch, five hits, two runs, two earned, one walk, three strikeouts. But Simber took a loss. Third inning, two hits, one run, one earned, one walk. Um, Mesa blew the save, which is going to happen. It's going to happen, right? But unfortunately, it happened during a losing streak. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, 
it, it was to say it's a tough week, I think, is uh, an understatement. Um, you just, I don't, I don't even kind of tell them our voices were kind of deflated a little bit too. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, so let's, let's talk about why we think it happened. So I'll start, I'll ask you the question. So is, why do we think this, this losing streak has happened? And should we, should we be worried? Well, so far this season, the Jays have had the worst batting average with runners in scoring position. And I think we've just seen that. Like on Sunday's game, what was frustrating is that in the first inning, they loaded the bases and only managed to score two runs, but they loaded the bases twice, basically, right? Like, yeah. like you know, they load the bases, then a single, and then two people score. Yeah. And then they walk the next guy. So now you load the bases again, and then that was it. Like, yeah. You got to score more runs than that. You've got a lot of guys on base. And I don't know. It's just timely hitting, I guess, right? Yeah, it's it's tough to really, for me, it's tough to put in. Like, sorry, obviously it is not hitting with runners in scoring position. That was the for our first our first take. I think we can both agree on. They're batting, I think, 175 or 180 yeah. with runners in scoring position. And you know that's going to improve. I mean, it's just... Yeah. But to put like, how do you put the nail on the head? What exactly is causing that? And what is it because they're getting runners on base with with two outs? Maybe that is that the issue? Is it because they're not you're right not getting just timely hits? Yeah. Are they trying not just putting the ball in play? Um, I really thought Tapia was going to help in that in that in that area, and he kind of does, right? He yeah. doesn't. He's not going to strike out. He puts the bat on the ball, moves the runners around, but he's struggling. Um, Zimmer is barely batting. An eight-year-old's weight. Yeah, he's like oh. under a hundred. Point zero eight three, and you're reading all the, the the posts on social media that he should be gone, and he might be. Yeah. Um, it's pitching, pitching well. Bichette's hitting again. I really think, and I think we talked about this before the podcast. I think we've really come to see who the MVP of the team is. I mean, Vlad is a big part of it, but you take out to Oscar. Yeah. That left a huge hole in that lineup. It really shortens that lineup quite a bit. Yeah. Especially when you don't have, especially when Kirk's not hitting. He's, catch, he's catching well. Yep. He's, and I shouldn't say he's not hitting. He's batting about 260, 270 uh, with one home run, but he's not a power threat. Goriel's not hot. Chapman strikes out a lot. So you're missing that big, like, yeah. And, and because he's not behind Vlad, Vlad's just getting garbage pitching. Oh yeah, pitching around him constantly. And and you can see he so Vlad realizes he got the pressure on him. He realizes that he's a run producer. Yeah. And he's expanding his strike zone now because they're not throwing him strikes. They're they're just all over the place, soft stuff off off the plate. So he's expanded his zone, which means he's going against what his actual plan is at the plate is to hit pitches in the zone. And uh yeah, it's really affecting the entire the entire team down, right? And that's where we kind of, I think we miss, you know, as much as, we, as, much as um, our second baseman last year, I can't remember his name. But Biggio? No, not Biggio. Oh, um, uh, Simeon. Simeon, yeah. yeah. As much as, we, you know, he's not hitting this year, but last year when he's hitting well and hitting 40 home runs ahead of Vlad, he had the protection in front of you, right? So if you're Charlie Montoyo, Montoya, what do you, Montoyo, what do you, what do, you do? What do you do? They leave you. To me, it was I would I would start thinking about maybe put Vlad batting second. Yep, I and, would too. And put uh, you know, Teoscar third and Bichette fourth, Bichette, or put Bichette third and Teoscar fourth. Right. I would make them pitch to Vlad. Yep. Um, I know he's a run producer, but especially if Teoscar's back, I don't know. That to me is maybe it might get you out of the funk a little bit. But well, they got to do something something to just kind of spark the team a bit. And I know Teoscar just got back. He's only played two games since being back. So, I mean, and he, he hasn't really produced. Well, he did. He got a hit and an RBI. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, better than most of that team right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's because the, the pitching's there. And it, I was telling this before the podcast, be, you know, when, when I watched the Yankees series, especially the Yankees series, that's the bull, and I hate to say this because I don't like the Yankees. I really hate losing to the Yankees. <laughs> Same. Uh, but that bullpen is like that's hard. Those some hard throwers out there. Yep. You know, guys that throw 97, 98, like swing and miss stuff. We have a lot of, I think, 
smoke and mirrors. We have Mesa, you know, in Romano, they pitched mid nineties, Romano yeah. higher nineties. Yeah. And then you've got um, Merriweather who can throw a hundred, but he hasn't shown up this year. Yeah. Which is really weird. I think, I don't know if he's, he's being cautious because of his injury from last year or, or what. But he's not pitching well, right? So no, he's not pitching well at all. Phelps is kind of so you know we don't have those those high velocity swing and miss kind of guys, and I think something we kind of need right now. Garcia is not that guy. No, low nineties, mid nineties, maybe. So I, I think I think there's I think there's some moves to, to be made in the Jays bullpen. I think eventually Nate Pearson will help. Yeah, yeah, and that's and we could talk about that when we talk about some injury news. Um, Let's talk about some injury news now, right now. All right, so um, Hyunjin Ryu, who's you know starter, right? He's, yeah. he's a big, big name, big money. Yeah. Um, he is stated to start the game on Saturday against Tampa, so he's nice. going back into his roster spot. So that's where, if you look at the rotation, it was lining up that Ross Stripling would have pitched Saturday, and it looks like Ryu. And look, I'm thinking Stripling's performance on the weekend just kind of solidified putting Ryu back in the order. Cause I think they were going to try to figure out how to keep stripling in the rotation. Right. It's, it's funny how people kind of all of a sudden got quiet on stripling yeah. pretty fast. Right? <laughs> Stripling's a, he's a serviceable pitcher. He's a, he's a guy you need in your bullpen. He's a guy that can, you know, spank spot starts if you have to, and he's a, he's a swing man. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy you need. He's, he's, he's valuable, but he's not a, he's Every not a major start. league starter pitcher. Yeah. Or he's a fifth starter at, at best. Yeah. So Ryu makes his triumphant return on Saturday, which is great. Yeah. Um, Nate Pearson uh, yeah. scheduled to throw a bullpen on Friday in right. Dunedin. Uh, Danny Jansen will do some running and hit the cages uh, after he traveled to uh, to Cleveland with the Jays on Thursday. So it looked like it looks like he's ready to make a return. He might stop off in Buffalo. Yep. And uh, maybe yeah. do a rehab start. And then Biggio is scheduled to do a rehab uh, assignment in uh, AAA on Thursday. And for those of, who, those of you who've missed it, um, the Jays lost Katoa to uh, to waivers. Yeah. The New York Mets picked him up. I thought that was really unfortunate. I like Katoa as a utility guy. I like getting Rick rolled every time you step up to the plate. <laughs> His walk-up music, yeah, uh, fantastic. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I liked him. I think he's be. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking that might be the end of Biggio, but. But then we got a mobster, so. That's right, <laughs> Vinny Capra. Vinny the Bat Capra. So, anyways, I guess there's a lot of serviceable utility guys out there. Yeah. And Kikuchi makes a start. Against the Yankees tomorrow night. Yeah, hopefully he can repeat his uh, performance from the last start against the Yankees. Hopefully that's a, a sign of things to come, right? That's yeah. you know, um, Pete Walker working his magic. So right now the Jays are seventeen and thirteen. The Yankees are twenty and eight. I never saw the Yankees being this good. Neither did I. I'll be honest. Uh, obviously, if you looked, at, if you listen to our uh, prediction show. <laughs> so right now the standings uh, have. The Jays are now in third place, 17 and 13, one game behind or one game and a half behind Tampa Bay, who's 18 and 11, and the Yankees 28. We've got a sizable lead over Baltimore and Boston. Was in Boston. I know, right? Who would have thought? They just, you know, spent all their money on Trevor Story and that was it. Apparently, and in Trevor, uh, um, we, we can talk about this when we get around the league, but um, Trevor Story has fired his agent. No, oh, there you go. Yeah. After he signs with Boston, because I guess he was offered more money somewhere else, and they declined it, and then they ended up having to take less in Boston. So, so he this next stretch is going to be a tough, tough test for the Jays, though, because you got Yankees for two, which is weird—a two-game set. Yep. And then Tampa Bay over the weekend for three, yeah. and then Seattle next week. Like the Jays schedule doesn't get any easier. No. But at least they got a day off today. Yes. And, I was and on Thursday. And I think, yeah, so two, day, two days off in a week. What are they do with themselves? Um, I was kind of hoping that Reyna was going to help, you know, at least rest some guys because they, I think part of this, to be honest, is like the guys are just worn out. Yeah. Like to play 20 games in a row is a little ridiculous. But 
Yeah, they play the Yankees, Tampa Bay, and then at home at home for Seattle, and then Cincinnati would be a bit of a reprieve, and then on the road to St. Louis. So St. Louis, and then the Angels. It's another tough stretch, and the White Sox. The White Sox, then then the Twins. Yeah. Like holy cow. Yeah, it doesn't get easy till June. And then there's still some Yankees and White Sox in June. Yeah. Milwaukee. When do I play Baltimore? Oh yeah, middle of June. Middle of June. Then Oakland and on July. Ah, they'll get better. Gotta tread some water for now. Yeah. Yeah. So Kikuchi pitches uh, tomorrow against the Yankees, and then it is, I believe, it would be uh, Berrios. He's been kind of. It's an odd year for Berrios. Well, and there was a worry that he was kind of injured in that start against Cleveland, right? Because the, he came. They came out and. The announcers were like, geez, he's not himself. Maybe he's feeling something, tightness maybe. I don't know. But he can go from being brilliant to what we got on, on Saturday. Which is which is not the barriers we traded for. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he's hurt. He's pretty, he seems like a pretty stoic guy, right? I don't think he would admit he's hurt. Yeah. He's through it, so I hope he's not because that's a big piece to lose. That is a big piece to lose. And we've got nobody to replace them. No. Uh, all right. Uh, any other Jays news we should uh, talk about? I don't, can't think of anything off the top. Can't of my think head. of anything either. No. It's been a it's been a crap week. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball wise, at least. So let's move around to uh, around the around the horn. We have a lot of stuff to talk about for around the horn. Uh, let's start off with really. Let's say funny, and it is funny, but kind of awkward. Yeah. You want to? I'll, I'll let you explain it. Go ahead. How about you take it away? All right. uh, so on Tuesday, um, Arizona, Madison Bumgarner was on the mound. Um, he got he got tossed from the game, but it was like one of the most strangest situations I'd ever seen. So I guess, well, you know, Mad Bum is probably one of the most ornery starting pitchers in the league, right? He, he's yeah. never happy. He's barking at batters that take a little too long around the bases. Then he barks at them if they run too fast around the bases. It's just, <laughs> he's just, he's ordinary. Yeah. He's, yeah. And he's, yeah, he's just grumpy. Yeah. So apparently he gave a little bit of lip to the uh, home plate umpire. Didn't like some of the calls and, and you know what? And this is where makeup calls are terrible. <laughs> so there was one pitch that was a strike. It caught part of the strike zone, but it was, on the low side, but it caught part of the strike zone. It was called a ball. So he asked the ump, what was that? The ump said that was down. The next pitch was outside. Yeah. And it didn't touch this and it didn't touch the, the strike zone at all. Umpire called that a strike. Yeah. When he tried that same pitch again, same like location. Pinpoint okay, exactly the same spot. It was get it gets called a ball. So of course you're going to be frustrated. So that's where you're like, you know what? He made up that call where it was low. I'm going to give yeah. him the outside pitch. But then when he tries to hit that outside pitch again, he doesn't get the call and he's frustrated because he's like, well, why is it a strike before? And it's not now. Right. So he was kind of chirping the home plate umpire. Then he's stepping off the field. And uh, this is where Dan Bellino uh, was doing the hand check. So I don't know if you guys have noticed pitchers will walk up to an umpire and they kind of feel the fingers, see if there's any sticky stuff. Yeah. Dan Bellino is the the first base umpire in this game. Yeah. Uh, He's uh... Yeah, right. He's checking the hands, right? So, like last year, I'm sure everybody saw it, especially when Max Scherzer made a big show of it, right? Like they would check like their their glove, their hands, their hat, their belts, like their like the inner waistband, like head massage. Like it was getting a little ridiculous. Till I guess somebody in Major League Baseball said, "Well, if they're using sticky stuff, would probably just be on their hands, wouldn't it?" (laughs) But now they just check like, and it's usually like a quick, like little wipe, a little touch of the hand, nothing sticky. Okay, you're done. That's it. So go ahead. But in this situation, Dan Bellino grabs his hand, but doesn't even look at the hand. He is making straight staring, just like just staring at darts, Mad just Bum. Darts. It just yeah. darts. And, and Mad Bum's not really paying attention, but he's realizing that he's like massaging his hand for a really long time. <laughs> and then he looks up at the ump and the ump is just staring at him. And... John Boy does some pretty good lip reading. <laughs> yeah. So again, yeah, we've mentioned this before, but in case you're new to this podcast, listen to watch you go to YouTube, look at John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y, and just yeah, look at his videos. But this one's particularly look at this one. Yeah. 
And then he kind of just says, you got something to say. And then the ump said, I didn't, you know, didn't really say anything. He's just staring at him. And then of course he swears at him. And from that point, he just gets tossed. Yeah. And the thing that frustrates me the most is he baited, he baited him into doing that. Right. Cause he was just staring at him and you know, he's just a grumpy old, you know, he's a grumpy guy to start off with. He's yes. amped up. He's in the heat of competition. So of course he's going to be full of energy and, and frustration and, uh, and, and of course he's just baiting him. and then he tossed him, and it's the first inning. So now the, now the Diamondbacks are now have to use eight mm-hmm. well, uh, relievers for eight innings. Yeah. They're going to they're just drain their bullpen. So what came of this? Well, after the game, Dan Bellino basically doubled down saying he said something inappropriate. It's going to be in the report. And that's it. That's all. Following day, singing a different tune. Through, his, got... through the lawyer of <laughs> the umpire association. Yeah. He, uh, apparently he got disciplined and we don't know what the discipline is. We're assuming it's probably a fine of some kind. And, uh, and at this point he basically said, when I began my MLB career almost 15 years ago, I received some good advice. I was told to umpire every game as if my children were sitting in the front row. I fell short of those expectations this week. I can't go back and change what happened. I take full accountability and will learn from this incident. And I sincerely apologize. But this doesn't change the fact that Madbum got ejected and the Arizona Diamondbacks had to tax their bullpen even more than they had to all because his ego basically said this pitcher shouldn't be showing up the home plate umpire. Well, let's reverse the roles for a second. Yeah. What would happen if a major league pitcher grabbed an umpire's hand? So like for whatever reason, had the umpire's hand and just held it. <laughs> like he'd be suspended. Yeah. You can't touch an umpire. Well, no. to me, he's touching a player, not for what he's supposed to be doing. To exactly. Make a point. Right. So why aren't you treating, he should be treated the same way a player would have been treated had he used a necessary force on an umpire. Yeah. Like in that world, right? Where you're an umpire, uh, someone who keeps the peace. Like you're, you, <laughs> there's lots of times, trust me, where you want to say something or do something, but you got to be that bigger person, right? You yep. have to, your, your job is to keep the peace and your job is to basically his job is to umpire. And he antagonized. He was antagonizing. He was. Trying to be, I don't know what he was trying to prove. I don't know what he was trying to prove. Uh, he, I think a little bit too much testosterone got into him and he was trying to be a bigger guy. I don't know what, but yeah. if you got a chance to watch that video, it's the most awkward, awkward moments I've ever seen in baseball history. It's, it's like a, <laughs> the video at the end, there's like maybe like a three minute segment and and the thing just ends with a whole bunch of f bombs. <laughs> you f you f you. Umpire talking to like all the umpires. Oh yeah, he's uh, and he rightfully so. He's not happy. No. Um. So that was that was one pretty funny thing that happened in baseball. Um. Less funny. Robinson Cano got uh, assigned by the Mets, so he's he's still owed thirty seven million dollars. So he's up for grabs. If anybody wants to. Kind of a washed up DH, I guess. So I guess he's going to be the he's going to be one player that makes more than Bobby Bonilla that doesn't get that doesn't play <laughs> for the Mets. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to make fun of the Mets, but man, they're in first place and they're playing 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 really well. Yeah, no kidding. They uh, they beat the Phillies the other night. Was it last night? They won. They came back from seven one. Yeah, seven runs in the uh, seven runs in the, in the uh, top uh, of the ninth. Just ridiculous. Uh, another run the run baseball news, the Atlantic League. Kelsey Whitmore, female, she started in left field uh, and batted ninth for the Ferry Hawks. She became the first woman to start a game in Atlantic League history. Good for her. There you go. They're taking over. Yep. Uh, and also the t- two cities, four first place teams for the first time in Major League Baseball history. All four New York and LA teams are leading their divisions. We're just missing the Chicago teams. Yeah. Central. <laughs> wow. That's pretty insane. That's crazy. Yeah. 
And we forgot to mention this in the uh, the our Jays our Jays segment, but that um, the game of the Jays lost nine to one. Aaron Judge hit that uh, judging home run. It was caught by a fan, oh, Mike yes. Mike Lenzalota. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So you, I'm, I'm sure if, I'm sure people have seen this video if you haven't. So what happens is Aaron Judge hits a home run. A Blue Jay fan, a, a man like he probably looks like he's in his forties or thirties, catches the ball turns around and gives it to a, a kid who's there with his dad, a New York, a New York Yankee fan. She, and he's wearing a, a, he's wearing an Aaron judge, like New York Yankee t-shirt kind of thing. Yeah. Gives him the ball and the kid just starts crying, just cry the wells up in tears and gives the guy this giant bear hug. Yeah. I mean, it was the most heartwarming thing. I mean, that's what baseball's really yeah. about. Yeah. It so was great. On, on, on two fronts, right. One was the guy did the right thing by giving a ball to the kid. Yeah. Like, you're not there to catch like if you catch a yeah i got a home run ball but really give it to a kid who wants the ball yeah um and then two it's this is going to sound really corny but whatever (laughs) it really breaks down the barriers of like you know our team versus your team like really at that moment it didn't matter like he gave the kid he did something really heartwarming gave the kid a ball that who's his idol yeah exactly and and the next day they got to meet they both got to meet Aaron, uh, aaron judge yeah the, the kid cried was, again. <laughs> the kid cried when he saw him. Yeah. Anyway, imagine being that kid. I think he's only like what? Looks like he's he 10, 11 years old. 11 years yeah, old. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Another baseball news that's uh, trying to go through my uh, notes here. Oh, I finally found those two umpires. So we'll give the umpires a little bit of credit. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> those two <laughs> umpires we said only missed one call. It was uh, Quinn Walcott. He missed uh, one. Missed a strike in the top of the fifth inning. That was it. That was it. 99% accurate. And then Chris Siegel missed a, a ball on the bottom of the first. And it was perfect. Threw a perfect game after that. Yeah. So good on those guys. Uh, more news. So I don't know if anybody remembers Carl Edwards Jr., not the race car driver, but the uh, the pitcher for the Braves got his 2021 World Series ring finally. If you're wondering, well, I wonder where he pitches now. Well, let me tell you, he pitches for the Rochester Red Wings in AAA. Uh, so last year <laughs> for the Braves, he made he pitched a third of an inning, gave up three hits, three earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout, and he's got a World Series ring. Yeah, kids. You can do it too. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's. Uh, and we also got to go around the league a little bit more information for you. Um, what about the balls? Yeah, that's a great, excellent. So apparently, here we go again. I'm talking about more talking about balls again. Yeah. <laughs> Mets hitting coach Eric Chavez says players have told him they suspect Major League Baseball is supplying balls that fly further for nationally televised games. Does that surprise you? It, you know what? It really doesn't. I, I, I'm never going to put anything past the MLB again, just because ugh, stop playing with the balls. Just, just stop already. No, you got humidors and, and next year they're going to have like these machines that are going to pre sticky them up. And, uh, we just, we just, just stop already. Just keep the balls normal. There's one yeah. normal balls. Just That's, regular. Go regular. back to what they were before. Like, I don't. Yeah, I, I really think Major League Baseball is starting to really tweak the game too much. Yeah, you know. Um, and sorry, another news: Dusty Baker became the twelfth uh, manager in Major League, Major League Baseball history with two thousand career wins. Nice. With the Astros, it's great. So I think that's it for around the league. Yeah. Else you can... Can't really think of anything else. It's been a pretty, uh, pretty tame week in baseball, all, all things considered. I was looking for stuff to talk about today on the podcast, and really, there's other than the stuff I just mentioned, it's been a pretty tame week. Well, tame week. I should say that uh, Telez, yeah, had a monster night a couple nights ago. <laughs> we had eight RBIs. Yeah, eight RBIs. He set a uh, Milwaukee franchise record. Yeah. Well, he'd be nice to have a DH right now. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a left-handed bat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention that Randall Grichuk's batting 315. Right. Randall Grichuk's batting. 
But he's going to get all-star votes and then tank for the rest of the season. That's what he this did on. last year. This on, hello? Yes. <laughs> Randall Gritchick is batting 315. <laughs> what? And of course, Tapia is batting like 220-something. Yeah, something like that. I'm really, I, you know what? I'm just, I, I didn't look up. Uh, I just saw like briefly what his, what his stats were. So I'm really curious what his, uh, his stats are right now. Because knowing, oh, see, he went under. He's now batting 294. <laughs> Mr. April, that's now, I was now resurfaced in May. Well, it's May, yeah. <laughs> Calendar changed in May. Yeah, 294, four home runs. Still, 16 RBIs. You know, I How like many home runs? Four home runs. Four home runs. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, he's not. Tapia, on the other hand, has got a minus 0. 0. 0.4 war with a 215 average. 215, one home run. Arrow field's pretty desperate. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's Major League Baseball around the horn, I guess. Yeah. Tell us at a monster night. Jays, former Jays are doing well. How's Robbie Ray doing? Well, that's that's an interesting question. Let's take a look here. Robbie Ray. Because last time we checked, he was at an ERA over four. Four, three, eight. Oh, he's not pitching. Two and three. Yeah, two and three. A war of zero. 13 walks and 37 innings. Not bad. 31 strikeouts. But Five you know what? Long. At this point right now, this is what we said at the beginning of the season. Yep. When we said, would you rather have Ray or Gosman? Yeah. I think we both said, I, I kind of think Ray's just going to revert back to what he was. We, we said it. It was, uh, yeah, he's, unless he's got, um, unless he's got uh, um, P. Walker with him. Yeah. And Marcus Simeon, 184, zero home runs. Yeah. They're paying that guy a lot of money not to hit any home runs. Right. I don't know what happened there. That's surprising. I like, I knew he was getting a lot of fastballs and I didn't think he was going to hit 40 home runs again, but I certainly didn't think he did not hit, have one home run by May, May, what's today? May 9th. Yeah. That's incredible. But he's still a positive 0.01 war. So yeah. obviously he's producing pretty good defense. Yeah, exactly. Anybody else in the Jays that we're missing that we kind of like wish we had back? Well, let's look at Steven Matz. Steven Matz. He actually pitched a really good game the other day. He's all, he just came off the bereavement list for, Seattle, for St. Louis. Oh, 7.01 ERA. <laughs> that'll hurt. That, that'll hurt for sure. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Kikuchi's uh, ERA doesn't sound so bad anymore. <laughs> right, so when I, when I see those Facebook groups on uh, those Jay's talks on uh, those Facebook Jay's Facebook groups, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, when they're dashing Kikuchi, I'll just say, look at Steven Matz. I'll take Kikuchi. Anyways, let's talk about, uh, this is a really interesting story that Ivan found. We're looking at our, our blue chips and dip segment. where We look at Jay's prospects. And Ivan uh, texted me today. We're talking about what we're going to talk about in tonight's show. And uh, I, I, to be honest, I never heard of this name before. I have no idea who this person is. I'm like, roll with it. Sure. Let's go. So Ivan, this is all you. Yeah. So um, yeah, same. I was looking today. I'm like, oh, who could we talk about? So I'm kind of looking at the uh, the Jays prospect lists, and I, I run in, ran over this name, and I'm like, geez, that's a really unique name. It's Sim Roberts, who is a 20 year old pitcher, right hander, um, hails from Zeist, Netherlands, which is <laughs> the hotbed of major league hotbed of baseball players, right? <laughs> Um, so he was signed in 2019 as a 17-year-old and uh, appeared in just five GCL games as a 17-year-old back in 2019. COVID hit, and he couldn't go back to Netherlands. So he was stuck in Dunedin. Um, apparently, he stayed with a large group of Venezuelan prospects, and they just kind of did some weight training, worked on his arms, and uh, and basically uh, just kind of built himself up and went back on the mound in 2021 pitched to a tune of 4.36 ERA over 88 innings uh, with 90 strikeouts in 2021 in high A. Um, but this year though, um, 
it's looking pretty darn good because he's he's only pitched 22 innings, uh, four starts, but he's got an ERA of 2.05. Yeah, he's pitched 22 innings, given up 17 hits, uh, six runs, five of those are earned runs, and only one home run. And he's got 21 Ks in 22 and walks. Best part of that is three, only three walks. It's three walks. Uh, he's got a whip of 0.91. Yeah. Holding holding opponents to a two two oh two batting average. So, so the it, Jays the Jays really like this kid. Um, what they like is that he's well he's you know last year he topped out about ninety five miles an hour and he's still young. I mean he's only twenty and he's they said he had lost a little bit of weight so he's building that back up. But he's got a good curveball and a good slider, and he's starting to work on uh, you know a changeup which is kind of trailing behind. But I mean that's just a feel pitch right that you you start to work on a little later on in your career. Yeah. And and the Jays coaching staff seem to really like his athletic delivery which seems to be natural and that he takes feedback really well and he implements it right away like he's on the mound right away implementing any of the tips and tricks that the coaching staff is giving him so looks pretty good you know for somebody they say that he's eta in the majors is probably 2024 he's got another couple years of development which is which is good. I mean, he'll be 22 by then. So what do you think? I mean, we always need pitching, right? And that was the, yeah. that's, it's funny because we when we talk about how, how, how much depth the Jays have in their farm system. It's all hitting. Yeah. Generally. Right. We don't have that except for Nate Pearson, who's kind of fizzled out a bit. We don't have that um, big up and comer pitcher, which I think is why we've spent so much money on, on pitching lately. Barrios yeah. being signed gossman because we didn't have those guys we kind of we're we're ahead in certain or we're ahead in hitting yeah below in pitching right so now it's like maybe our pitch is going to start to come up in a couple years i would imagine by 2024 we'll have vlad signed long term hopefully I'm on hopefully bichette uh, I, I don't so you know what we have some time let's talk about um so bichette started off slow Right, batting two low 200s. He's now really picked it up. He's starting to find his groove again, batting 250, 260. But his defense is kind of like, yeah. There's so a trade off. His defense is good during the beginning of the year. Hitting was suffering. Now his hitting is getting better. His defense is suffering. We have a, we have actually two prospects in the minors with Groshans, who's a, a shortstop, and Martinez. Martinez is the Martinez was our prospect I'm talking about right now. Yeah, or Elvis Martinez is a shortstop third base. Yeah, so Martinez, who's he's in double A right now. Yeah, so he's our next up and coming shortstop. So do you the question is do you sign Bo? Do you see what you have with Martinez first? Well, so Groshans is older. And he's in right. AAA. So I think Groshans the next one to come up. Yeah. If Groshans is a better defender, you have to move Bo. I know he wants to be a shortstop, but I think this is his last, and I, I've read this online, this is his last trial at short. Yeah. He's proven that he's not capable of sustaining solid defense for long stretches. I'm a, I was, a, I was, I was big against not letting Bo play shortstop last year. Yeah. I'm at second base. And I, I really changed my tunes. He really improved his defense, but I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that one day is going to be a, a, a game we need to win. And ground ball is going to squirt under his glove. Yep. Well, he, he can't seem to field one cleanly. Like how many times has he bobbled balls? Right. Like a lot of the times he can recover and throw the guy out at first. Cause you know, just situation. Right. But you watch, you watch on his, on his right. So Chapman, who's a platinum glove winner. He, he can, he's a lot, he can, he can bobble a ball. Cause he's got a cannon. He's got a cannon. Right. So he can, he's, he can take chances on balls, right. To be honest, like he can, as long as he knocks it down, he knows he can throw that guy out. Except for that play. I don't know what, <laughs> So let's talk about it. We and we talk about this that play at first base, the, the game that the the Jays won three two against the Yankees. Ground ball to third, our platinum gold glove 
winner grabs the ball and balances the throw. Yeah. To Vladi. And Vladi made a great play yep. on his knees, keeping his foot on the bag and scooping it. But, I mean, again, Chapman can get away with that. Bo can't. Can't. Um, so, uh, I think that's a conversation they're going to have. So depending on how Groshans develops, he's in AAA this year, right? Yep. And let's go take a look at his stats for this season. do the exact same thing. He's, uh, he's, he's hitting 286. He's got no home runs. So, I mean, he's almost ready. He's almost ready. He's only 22 years old. I think he's, how, how, I think he's the same age as Bo Bichette. Yeah. Is he, is he a home Sorry, is, he, is that his age? Yeah, yeah 22. 22. So Bichette is? 23? 24. 24. So if Groshans is, is the better defender and can produce at like a 280 average, I'm not saying he's going to have all this power, but I mean, if he can provide you with, you know, doubles and, and singles and get on base – He's the guy you got to go with. Because Bull right now has got a point, a minus 0.2 war. Yeah. He's costing games. He's costing games. And I, I like Bull. I mean, I would, I think Bull's ideal position for Bull is second base. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't even know, to be completely honest, if I sign Bull long term. I don't think so either. Um, I think towards contract year, you try to get something for him, especially if you have. Martinez coming up, your Groshans coming up. Exactly. Um, I mean, you can only afford to have these hundred million dollar guys. So many of them, right? Because Bo's going to cut. I'm not Bo. Vlad's going to cost you five hundred million. Yeah, <laughs> like four hundred million at least, right? So yeah. Uh, you know, you have Springer. Rio will be off the books by then, but then you have Springer and you have uh, Gosman, Gosman, Barrios, and then you got to decide what you, you, you got to decide in two years what you can do with Chapman. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think Bo's the odd man out, to be honest. But see, and, and with Chapman, I don't even think the Jays are worried because you've got Arelvis Martinez, who apparently like he does play short, but I think they they see him as a third baseman of the future. Right. So then that leaves you with Groshans as the shortstop. And then you've got Manuel Beltre. Remember that that 17-year-old? That's right. Who's well, I mean, he's still a long ways off, but he's a shortstop. And they have that. Leo Jimenez, who's a shortstop second baseman for high A Vancouver. I mean, he's batting 246 there right now, batted two, 320 last year. Yeah. He's still a kid. Uh, so, and you have Moreno. I mean, if Moreno stays a catcher, it's a good, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's like, well, whatever. We have like a, yeah. Hot full of riches like we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but uh i i to be honest i, I think boba sheds the odd man oh even though he led me he led the majors last year in hits he did um, but it's his defense it's just and i think i'm i'm if, if we went back and listened to our podcast from last year the exact same time yeah i'm sure i'd be saying the exact same thing yeah you did and and at the beginning of the season he did great because he had a stretch of like what like five six games didn't have an error didn't make any bad plays and actually made some spectacular looking plays. And then just over the last week or so, when the Jays really started to suffer offensively and they needed solid defense, he was making errors. So I'm just looking at the feeling stats for 2022 right now. Yeah. He is not in the top. (laughs) He's actually 22nd out of 25. Yeah. He's made six errors. And if we sort by errors, yeah, he's second. So Tim Anderson leads the league in errors, followed by Bobichet. Yeah. Um, you just can't have it from your shortstop. You can't. The the, the shortstop position is too important. Um, yeah, that's that up the middle guy you need, right? It's always your second baseman, your shortstop, and your center fielder. Yeah. And so let's talk about Espinel. Oh. Like, sorry, that kid is... I mean, sorry, uh, sorry, Abigio, but you're done, son. Well, Espinal is, I think they're, they're saying he's leading the team in, in war at this point right now. 
or is tied with the lead with in war? It's entirely possible. I'm just gonna I'm checking Major League Baseball second baseman and fielding stats. Espinal leads the league in fielding stats. Yeah. Second base. Because we we see the plays that he makes. Yeah. He's he's brilliant out there. Um, which and how do you how would you justify when Bijou comes back putting Bijou at second? You can't. There's not a not a chance. Not a chance. And and uh, I think that's been decided a long time ago that Bijou has lost his starting position as a second baseman. He's now just a utility infielder. Utility, like, like super utility player. Utility, yeah, super utility guy. Um, so I'm trying to find the war. I'm using my phone trying to find a stat, which is. Infuriating. I can't see who's top in war. Yeah, it's it's like we're looking at at the team itself here. So let's see, we got Vlad who's doing well. Vlad's at a 0. 0.09 war, and you got Espinal at 0. 0.11 war, and then I'm guessing that All right there Springer is probably yeah him and Springer are tied with war. See. Look at that. The name. Look at the name. Springer Espinel. Oh. <laughs> They're on the same level for the for the team leading in war. And I, I love Espinel's approach to plate. Same kind of thing, almost like as, as Tapia, but he's got more power. Yeah. Puts the bat on the ball, right? Most yep. guys around. And his fielding's incredible. So he's man again. So you you, you take Bo away from short. Where does he play? Yeah. You got to put him at second. You just swap them out. But yeah, I guess, yeah, you can put Espinal short for now. Yeah. Or Bo DHs. Yeah. But I don't know. We need a shortstop. So I guess Espinal is it, right? Espinal is it. Yeah, for now until someone else takes it. Groshin's only 22. So maybe in a year or so. Yeah. Yeah. They got to, he's really got to shore up his defense for sure. It definitely does. Um, you're right, and just it seemed like for the past few days he's really been playing balls off his chest. Constant balls off off his palm, his chest, his legs. It's just it hasn't looked good. It looks like me playing shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you more credit than that. I mean, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, was not playing on really crappy fields. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we got crappy fields. Uh, there's, not, there's not there's not divots between like. The mound and, and shortstop and there's not like <laughs> giant rocks in the way and I give you more credit than that you're better you're better shortstop than Bo <laughs> mind you if Bo wants to play with us he can play with us he can play with us anytime <laughs> uh anyway have we anything else we got to talk about tonight no, uh, I, I think that's pretty much it um we'll uh probably be back probably about a week or so I would imagine yep um maybe have a update from our uh our our, our spring training low pitch <laughs> we'll be sore <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably be drunk but one of the two probably sore and drunk but it's, yep. it's fine all right for uh myself mickey and uh, my buddy ivan have a nice week everybody have a great week everyone we'll see you next week